There, can you understand how 87,000 new IRS agents would scare the heck out of millions of Americans? Uh, I, I, there's no reason to be fearful. And if you have paid your taxes and if you comply with our laws, you should want to make sure everyone else does that. Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Welcome to the Ruthless Variety program. We're coming at you Tuesday. Fellas, how was your weekend? Excellent. Great weekend. How about yours? Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, I'm taking care of sick kids or whatever, but I wasn't exactly immersed into the Senate voterama. Uh, as maybe I once was at one point in our lives, although it was pretty consequential. It went on for hours and hours and hours. And when Democrats finally passed their bill, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, I took my ass to the grocery store and I noticed that eggs were just as expensive yesterday <laughs> afternoon as they were yesterday morning. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Democrats. You did absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, they didn't do nothing. We're going to go over that in uh, in some detail here later in the show. It is, uh, it's actually appalling what it is that they did do. And we'll, we're going to give you all the up-to-date details on that. Uh, we've got a great guest today, Kurt Schlichter. Uh, Outstanding guest. Yeah, you've probably read his columns at, at Town Hall, uh, maybe some of his books. He's got a, he's a best-selling author. He also hosts uh, Hugh Hewitt's show when he's out. I mean, you, you, you know this guy. Anyway, he's entertaining as hell. <laughs> yeah. He, it'll make you laugh, if nothing else, so, so tune in for that. Um, should we start with some five stars? It's been a while, Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's get into these things. Uh, I always like starting with Smash because I feel like it sets the tone oh, yeah. from a <laughs> from a timber standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This first one is from Ash Unleashed. Ash Unleashed. The title is "Refusing to Be Snark Shamed." Every time I start a new episode of this show, it feels like when the bass line kicks in. Bass. Sorry. It's a bass. It's not. It's not you're, you're, I can see why you'd be used to a bass. You're a fisherman. Yeah. So. <laughs> and also bass line. I mean, hey, you have a good bass line. Feels, it feels like when the bass line kicks in on a new song. You can't help but thrive on the rap battle energy they bring to every conversation. They're relentless in their candor and ruthless to the idiots attempting to snowball an entire nation. I personally thank them for being icy cold piranhas of truth and transparency. There's your fish rest reference. Yeah. Keep swimming, hunting, and biting that prey, fellas. I love that. Yeah, outstanding. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's Dunks, you want this one? This one's from Thundersplat. Started listening with the Katie Pavlich interview. Parenthetical. D3s, love it. <laughs> Great title. <laughs> and I've been hooked ever since. I've even gone back to listen to past episodes. I highly recommend that. Yeah, yeah. Some language. <laughs> but I heard worse in the Army, so it's not an issue for me. Overall, the variety program is highly entertaining and informative, so it is well worth your time. Oh, very nice. Very Thank nice. You. Uh, Smug, you want this last one? Absolutely. So this is from Cat Hall 24 It says, Ruthless Book Club by Charter Member. Ruthless Book Club first term uh, McTeam member and faithful listener. Mm. There are so many things I love about the podcast. One of them is the books you mentioned and the authors who are on the program. I have listened to books by A.G. Bill Barr, Jonathan Isaac, and Selena Zito. I started with Smug's recommendation of What It Takes, which is a very long book, <laughs> that it is. and found it to be one of the best reads on presidential politics. 
Any time spent reading that book clearly explains why we are in the current situation with the current occupant. Keep bringing the heat. That's that's fantastic. Great, great, great review, yeah. and and dead on. If you if if you haven't yet, check out that book. What it takes. It gives you great insight on Joe Biden. Well, and that's what we try to do when we have people on who are hawking books. Like we don't have everybody on who's asking to to promote their book, but the books that we have on, generally speaking, are books that we think give you a little more texture for a story you already know and give you some insight into current affairs, right? They're, yeah. they're never just like, listen to all the things that I've done and why I'm so glad books. <laughs> I fucking hate those books. Yeah. So, you know, and like, these are not that. So I'm glad somebody's getting something out of them. Fantastic. All right, so let's get into the uh, the mess these Democrats made over the weekend. Uh, you'll recall they've been working basically since the beginning of the Biden administration to pass what was the BBB bill. Manchin put that on ice at the end of last year, um, in large part because of its scope and what he said he wouldn't raise taxes in the middle of inflation. And then he also said he wouldn't raise taxes in the middle of uh, a recession. Now we have both of them in record numbers, and he did it. So he comes to a deal with uh, Chuck Schumer that's entirely hidden from the rest of the Democratic Party. Not to, not, Republicans didn't even have anything to say about this, but. Even the Democrats had no idea. What I find so amazing about this process before we get into like what this actually is, is we talked a little bit last week about how it's so amazing that nobody even asked whether any of these vulnerable Senate Democrats would support this, right? Whether Masto or Kelly or Warnock None. or Hassan, like nobody even asked them whether they would support the thing. Of course they would, right? It was never, it was always about whether Kirsten Cinema would ultimately vote for it. And man, can Manchin come up with a deal? The rest of them are like, I don't know, whatever you come up with. It's all it's fait accompli. <laughs> right. Second you get that worked out with Manchin, everybody's along for the ride. Which is so amazing because for those of us who've worked in a leadership position in the House or Senate, the way that these big deals usually come together is you have somebody like a Manchin who's willing to sign off for something. But the larger part of the puzzle is going through all of those endangered incumbents and figuring out what they need to mm. benefit their constituencies mm-hmm. and to make it okay for them to vote for this pile of shit, right? Because oftentimes these are very controversial and anybody who's in any like right-leaning or left-leaning state, they're going to need some incentive, right? They're going to say, yeah, but I got this. At least some sort of fig leaf so that they, they can run that ad in October that says, independent voice for interstate here. Yeah. Right? It's like how, how Ben Nelson, an old senator from Nebraska, got the Cornhusker kickback right. to vote for Obamacare, That's right. Right? right? That's what I was wondering. Is there any sort of a kickback in here for Manchin? No. So here's the thing. The Man- Manchin, it, it, I have no idea from a political perspective what these guys think. Because they're like bankrupts his state, right? Yeah, because everything I've heard about this is basically just like super punishing West Virginia, which is weird. <laughs> it's, it's a so wild weird. deal, right? <laughs> wild deal. But what's more fascinating to me is if you're Mark Kelly or Catherine Cortez Masto or Raphael Warnock or Maggie Hassan, how you're in the situation where you are literally the vote to preserve your Democratic majority mm-hmm. and they don't get anything out of it. Like they didn't even ask for anything. I saw they were trying to promote, like the Western senators were trying to promote some drought relief piece that Kristen Cinema got in because she held out, right? So the rest of these people literally have dick in a bucket. <laughs> And, and they just, like, the whole thing was crafted without them, and they just salute and vote yes? That can't be true. They're major players here, independent voices for Oh, the independent voices, independent voices. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so now there's all kinds of questions now that are passed. You notice how 
nobody wanted to talk. They called it the Inflation Reduction That's Act. That's right. That's right. right. And nobody wanted to talk about the particulars, only the process, right? Oh, Democrats are so close to the process. If you're going to get the Biden agenda done, it's going to be fantastic. Well, now, like the day after it, it passed, the Washington Post, uh, I saw a front page headline about how uh, the Inflation Reduction Act uh, it doesn't do that, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? So now questions loom, according to the Washington Post, over the impact of $369 billion in new climate spending transforming the U.S. economy and bringing climate change measures to millions uh, of purchasing decisions isn't so easy. Well, of course it's not, right? That's not why people haven't embarked on this shit policy for the last 20 years. It's not like climate change is something that's new to the Democratic Party. They've been talking about it forever. The reason that it doesn't work and that legislating it doesn't work is because you do things like we've talked about on the program, which is tax the hell and make it impossible for cultivating fossil fuels in this country, which raises gas prices. On the other hand, using that money that you collect in taxes to go buy batteries from China. (laughs) I mean, like so much of this bill is basically just pumping cash into China's economy. So so, so the funniest line from a a different WAPO story, and I just just looked this up, it's not in the doc here, but back to your whole point of like, it was the Inflation Reduction Act until the moment it passed, and now it's not yeah. that. This slide's so great. Dubbed the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, the package would authorize the biggest burst of spending in U.S. history to tackle global warming. <laughs> it's like, how do you write that sentence with a straight face? We are going to reduce inflation. You want to know how? We're going to spend a shitload of money. <laughs> there was a really great tweet from Matt Hennessy, who's on the uh, opinion uh, desk at the, at the Wall Street Journal, where he took a screenshot of what his phone looked like when, when he got the breaking news alerts. And so the one from the New York Times says, breaking news, the Senate passed a bill over full GOP opposition to fight climate change, cut drug costs, and raise taxes in a major win for Democrats. <laughs> and then here's the WSJ alert. The Senate passed Democrats' climate, health care, and tax package, sending the bill to the House after more than 15 hours of amendments. It's very clear which paper has been completely taken over by the lunatics, right? Yeah. And just like you guys said— Nowhere does it say anything about inflation. This is this is if the New York Times says the the purpose of this is to raise taxes. Huge win for Democrats. Huge win. <laughs> Huge win. And hang that on all these people in cycle. All the Dems in cycle. Totally. But they what was so amazing about this is that the collective corporate media and democratic talking heads everywhere suspended reality for 2 weeks as if we weren't in recession. Right. Right. Remember, they yeah. battled for the definition of a recession yeah. for this, starters. This is what they've been priming the public for their lies. Basically, yeah. mm-hmm. that's what's happened. And then, like, for some reason, titling the bill in a very 1984 way, the Inflation yeah. Reduction Act, they actually thought would solve the problem of being completely irresponsible at a time of record high inflation. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, there's no question that this makes it worse. There's no question. I mean, you're spending $386 billion, $69 billion on climate change. And that means things like buying new mail trucks and, and shit like that. Like, how does that putting more cash into the system possibly reduce inflation? I mean, inflation? the literal title of the bill is disinformation. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like these journalists pretend like they give a shit about disinformation. And they're all out there writing the Inflation Reduction Act. With a straight fucking face. And, and that's yeah. So, so uh, Joe Simonson over at the Free Beacon made this great point of where he was like, 
if Republicans tried passing a bill that was this massive spend package, like a record size spend package in an inflationary environment and named it like the Inflation Reduction Act, you'd have all these like democracy experts on CNN. Being Bro, like, they'd be tagging this every is fascism. Post. This yeah. is fascism. They're trying to lie to <laughs> all of you. You would try to post it on Twitter and they'd fucking fact you'd check it. You get flagged. It. Yeah, you get, get flagged. flagged. Your account taken down. God, it's so true. Yeah. Because this is this is a, a, just a massive scale disinformation operation. Right. To spend, a, which the Times and every paper, every left-leaning paper admits is a record amount of spending in an inflationary environment and to call that the 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 inflation reduction act is just absolute disinformation it's a straight up lie that 50 democrats willingly pushed on the american people it's amazing but you, you know what you get a good handle on what it is that they're trying to do with the core of this by looking at the taxes right because mm-hmm. that's kind of like you know they want to front fund the green new deal that that's been a, a long priority you know, there is no difference between a Democrat that's a moderate or a Democrat that's a, a, a liberal. They're all the same, right? They basically basically all have AOC's viewpoint on yeah. all of that. But you look at like how they can tweak the tax code to pay for all of this. Listen to some of this shit. Six point five billion dollars natural gas tax, which will increase household energy bills. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you sure that's not gonna bring prices down? <laughs> Democrats said this bill would bring prices down. They did, and they were concerned about energy prices, if I'm not mistaken. They said that. No, they they did say that. They did say that. So this is according to ATR, which I trust on all things taxes. They're very, very good at this stuff. That's their job. That is their job. Uh, $12 billion crude oil tax. Mm. That's weird, because I I swear the Biden administration was out there working hard trying to get these oil companies to pump more oil. Yeah. Now you're telling me they're going. They want a 12 billion in taxes. Well, they found a workaround. They went to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> they found a workaround in Venezuela. Um, yeah. 1.2 billion dollars in a coal tax. Oh, that's good. Shout good out Joe, but, yeah. or, uh, Joe Manchin. 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 Yeah. Shout, shout, shout out Joe. Manchin. Good work on that, pal. And by the way, for those of you who are interested in charging your electric car, you'll be fascinated to know where the electricity comes from. <laughs> Corporate income tax on U.S. businesses, which will be passed on to households, of course. Not only that, it's a job creation issue in the middle of a recession when companies undoubtedly will take haircuts and start. That'll become the next thing, as you've mentioned many times. We're going to talk about sort of how companies are going to reassess their yep. their future based on a, a, a recession. And how they choose to invest. Yeah. And now they're just slapped with a tax on top of right. that. Right. Right. Democrats, just to put a little more meat on that bone, they imposed a 15% corporate alternative minimum tax uh, and reporting on over a billion dollars of profits over the last three years. Well, one thing I want to say that's very important and which actually shows how much of a lie it is to call this any in any way an Inflation Reduction Act is whenever a corporation or any company is taxed, it's not like they're like, oh, guess we got to take this L, eat this cost. Oh, well, guys. <laughs> It goes straight to the consumer. So in effect, it's just more inflation being passed down. Already you're paying more at the grocery store, right? If that corporation is paying more in taxes, you think they're just going to foot the bill and eat it? Hell no. Well, that goes right onto your eggs. Totally. But they have absolutely no concept of how the no, economy works, no. right? I mean, the people that they just levied this on, on employ millions of Americans. Yeah. Millions. So it's not as if they're like going through the Walmart and changing the sticker price. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't have the capability of like changing prices and lowering prices but when you hit them with a tax expenses go up it's so you either lose jobs or you increase prices it's so frustratingly evil because they try to portray it as like hey we're helping out the everyman yeah by like 
we're going to try to tax the companies that you now have to resort to. Like uh, I, I, a couple episodes back, I talked about how like Dollar General stock is on fire and how there's now reports of Americans are having to go to Dollar General. And Dollar General is trying to stock vegetables and produce because Americans are hurting that bad. And then for Americans to be like, or for, for Democrats to be like, oh, we're, we're here for the everyman. We will tax companies, make prices go up even more. <laughs> spend more so that inflation in general also goes up at the same time it's like a double whammy of making things harder for americans who are already struggling on top of the big lie that they're pushing of what recession right what recession we changed the definition guys right i mean that so the tax foundation did a little ditty on this and they found that the uh the the what they call the book tax that's this alternative minimum tax deal it reduces GDP by 0.1% and kills 27,000 jobs. Right off the bat. Great work, guys. That's exactly what this economy is looking for. $124 billion in stock tax, which basically hits your 401ks, IRAs, and pension plans. Yeah. Oh, that's good because you don't want people putting anything away. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's like, we don't want it's, that. It's like, listen, guys, we know everyone got kicked in the teeth for about 40% so far this year in your 401k. We're going to take more of it. Yeah, we'd like to make more of that. Uh, 95% federal excise tax on American pharmaceutical manufacturers. So just in case, just in case you thought that it was, I don't know, potentially an asset to have people making life-saving, life-enhancing drugs here in America. No, not any longer. No, no. Wait, I thought we were lowering prescription drug costs. Yeah, no, that's how you lower them, evidently. Oh. Tax the fuck out of people and send them to Ireland. (laughs) That's the thing. (laughs) Then we're going to have Joe Biden going to Ireland and being like, we also need drugs. (laughs) Hunters, Hunters on a bender. $52 billion in income tax hike on mid-sized and family businesses. Oh, okay. Well, those that didn't seem like the mega billion corporations that they were talking about on the TV. Yeah, ATR had another stat that they put out yesterday looking at the number of business, small and mid-sized businesses that will be affected by this. They found 18,000 businesses, and they broke it down by state. So in Ohio, for example, 577 businesses that employ 421,000 people will see a tax hike. The <laughs> Biden administration makes it sound like, oh, it's just going to be Amazon and some of these gigantic companies, when actually it's a lot of companies that employ a lot of people that you've never heard of. Yeah. And that's those are the ones that are going to hurt the most. It's I mean, just wild it's just wild to me that they'd have a 52 billion dollar income tax hike on mid-size and family businesses and somehow they managed to like carve out the carried interest that was you know loophole that was initially in here. I mean they're, they're like they're like you know it's it's the small businesses that don't pay enough in taxes. You know, you got small business owners who take home that that income as regular income file K K1s or whatever. And the fucking hedge fund manager, God preserve that fifteen percent or well, whatever yeah, for him. But here's it's, what's, it's just unbelievable. Here's no. what's funny about that is it, I, those, they would have put that in there too. But like you know, Kirsten Cinema had a, her point of view was like, we're in a recession. How are you going to get cash into people's hands if you're taxing that at this point, right? And so they're like, oh, okay. Well, if she gets her vote, then give it to her. That's basically all it took. That was the unbelievable. That was the amount. And also something that like a lot of thankfully a lot of focus has been on is that the irs now has funding for like eighty-seven thousand more agents so that's the upshot right so the, the, what you just mentioned here we talked about the green climate bullshit which is what they're trying to do at the core of transforming the united states into some third world country but the other major expenditure in this bill is a hundred and twenty four billion dollars to the irs 
I have never heard or even dreamt of something this terrible. Yeah. So there, there, there have been a lot of, uh, you know, discussion about this. One of the talking points, so this again was Joe Simonson over at the Free Beacon, pointed out the statistic that now the IRS will have an estimated 165,000 employees. That's greater than the Defense Department, the State Department, the FBI, Customs and Border Protection combined. Think about that. <laughs> They're more interested in unleashing these IRS agents on the American people than on maybe putting someone at the border to stop the crisis that's happening there. Because you're seeing now in New York, now that Abbott is sending it to New York and D.C., they're like, oh, my God, this is a humanitarian crisis. And this is after they've only gotten like 1,000 when they're getting like 15,000 a day at the border. I mean, you just said it. You just said it. Look at around us, right? You've got a huge border security issue. You have crime issues in every single one of these cities. We have an economic recession and people can't pay for groceries. They're one solution imagine the feedback silo that you have to live in to think that the best thing that you can do for america is to ensure that there's eighty-seven thousand new irs agents that audit every single tax reform at tax form you send in i mean what well and all, and all the data shows i mean like you know the way that the democrats are framing this and their allies in the media are framing this is like oh well they're just going to get billionaire tax cheats and then yeah. l- look at the history the of, of audits that the irs conducts Folks, it ain't the billionaire. Yeah, there was a statistic that I pointed out where it's 90% of audits are, are conducted for people who, who are, like, living in poverty. 90% of the audits happen there. Let's not forget. So, so, so the thing, like, this whole lie that they're pushing of, like, oh, this is to go after the billionaires when, no, this is actually they don't want to go for the bill. afford, a, you know, a, a, a new electric car and for their company <laughs> to be able to buy solar panels from China while everyone has 87,000 IRS agents unleashed on them. Let's not forget who they went after during the Obama administration. Bingo. Every conservative group that was stood up was looked at through a microscope. Yep. I mean, you, could, you couldn't just have, like, a C3 organization out there. Pushing Lois out, Lerner. I mean, it's... It, Eighty-seven thousand lowest learners about to be put on the streets. They're gonna they're gonna hold those billionaires accountable. They're gonna remove the carried interest loophole, but they're gonna hold those extra IRS agents. They're the people gonna hold everyone accountable. It's just like absolute bullshit. Step one of of, of these IRS agents like audit is gonna be going through voter registration. No, like, they'll oh, match there's up those the R's. R's. Let's Real start quick. digging, boys. Real quick, I have a feeling the Ruthless Variety program is gonna be dealing with quite yeah, a few a, uh, tax attorneys here. Because here's the thing that pisses me off, and we led the show with it with with. Cardin, Senator Cardin, who was asked this question, and he's like, well, don't cheat on your taxes, basically, right? Well, that's not the way it works. No. The way it works is when they audit you, they come at you to prove that you are not cheating on your taxes. Correct. So you need to hire attorneys. You need to hire accountants. You need to totally disrupt your life and uncover receipts. I mean, who the fuck keeps receipts? You need to do all of these things to try to prove you're not a tax cheat. And at the end of the day, you probably spend tens of thousands of dollars in legal bills. And at the end, they're like, okay, moving on. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the whole process. I mean, and, and if you're worried about the billionaires cheating on their taxes, first of all, let me submit, there is a thousand billionaires in the United States. Yeah. One thousand. Now that you have, they don't need 87,000 87, people to, to overlook them. But if that's your concern... Let me just suggest those people probably have people doing their taxes. Yeah, they probably have an army of attorney doing their attorneys doing their taxes. It's you and me and everybody else that's the problem here who are doing our taxes, trying to do it and manage kids and a home and and your your business and whatever you've got else going on. And now that guy's coming at you to try to like uncover all of it. You have no choice but to pay the 
pay the lawyer. And I think right? that, that that gives away the game of, of what has become of the Democrat Party, where they will refuse to acknowledge that we have a spending problem. The government has a spending problem. They just sort of like, well, guess we got to start squeezing the middle class, send out the army. They're not going to be like, well, maybe a lot of government spending is is ridiculous. Like a lot of this money in the bill is absolutely ridiculous, but to pay for it, they're like, time to squeeze the middle class. Right, they're not exactly, send out the agents. They're not exactly auditing themselves. Yeah, you no, know? that's the thing. No, uh, we're the problem. We're the problem. The citizens are the problem. Meanwhile, nobody could be happier than the mainstream media. <laughs> they're so unhappy. This is Axios, Biden's BFD. Joe Biden defied expectations, earning a legacy as a president who got big things done with a deeply divided Congress. It will join a list of hard-fought legislation shaping the U.S. economy, society, and foreign policy for decades to come. Let me, before we just get into the critique of that for a minute, let's just assume it's true. Let's just assume that what they've done here over the last year and a half has shaped the U.S. economy, society, and foreign policy for decades to come. How's it working out? <laughs> Seriously, how's it working out? Yeah. I, t- I told you I went to the grocery store. <laughs> And eggs were just as expensive in the afternoon as they were in the morning. Now, the one thing that would be nice, we're going to pay all of this. We're going to have the 87,000 IRS agents. If we're going to have to, everybody's going to be paying higher taxes. If our inflation is going to go up, maybe they can stop talking about climate change every five seconds. Because what they've just done <laughs> is the sweeping climate change bill that's going to change society for, uh, you know, for decades to come. Okay, well, maybe write a story about crime. Maybe write a story about how... <laughs> hard people have it in this economy. Maybe focus on your readers rather than your billionaire funders. Well, I mean, you'd be, it'd be nice, but yeah, don't don't hold your breath, right? I mean, because when we're not patting Joe Biden on the back for the, a job well done during a recession and the highest inflation that we've had in 40 years, we're talking about things that they could get done like more climate change, right? And like, it's just- All they want is more. All they want is more. If, if, if history is our guide on this stuff, this is not something that Democrats take to the bank. This is this is a platform by which to build on, right? That's what they've done with every major yep. piece of legislation. Mm-hmm. Is it now the tax increases that they have are now they're instituted into our code, and now it's about dialing, twisting the dial up. All of a sudden, your alternative minimum tax becomes more. All of the, that's what they do. They institute a new dial, and then they just start twisting it up. Because ultimately the goal, and I don't care if you say you're a fucking moderate, you're not. If you are a Democrat, the ultimate goal is to become an entirely socialist union. That's that, it. That's what it, this that's is. That's their guiding principle at this point. It, and, and, and you know, the thing is, is that, that what that makes me think is that the Republican Party as a whole needs to harden to this and recognize that I that's agree. where the yeah, Democrat no, Party I agree, is. I agree. This is no time. Every vote, every vote, every single vote should be straight up down party lines this shows the importance of, of these elections because the first thing needs to be we got to rip this up the first thing that has to happen is we got to take back power we got to rip this up and and for there to have been any vote that wasn't just 50 50 down the line is infuriating because they they they, they just played anyone who'd ever helped them there isn't there isn't a moderate democratic party there is an obvious choice here between a a market-based republic that we have lived under and thrived and there is a democratic view of it and the democratic view is somewhere between a western european country and entire socialism like venezuela Mm -hmm. like that's basically their view of the world and it kind of you can oscillate a little bit between like aoc or you know name your quote-unquote moderate 
in terms of what that means. But ultimately, in practice, it's the same fucking thing. It's the same thing in practice. You know, and, and Bernie Sanders ran for president in 2016 and 2020 on a platform that we thought was so radical. And in the end, he was basically the domestic policy advisor for the new president of the United States. That is the Whoever it now. was going to be. All, right? Everything he ran on is what we're seeing. It is. Everything he ran on is what we're seeing. So, like, I go back. There was this story um, of how right before this bill, uh, you know, this deal is announced, uh, uh, Kristen Sinema had a buddy of hers that she tried getting a judgeship. And uh, she, like, ran into the hall when Romney had left and been like, oh, you voted no. I need you to vote yes. And he's like, okay. Comes back, votes yes. That kind of shit needs to end. Yeah. There can be none of that. That should have never happened in the first place. It's got, like, you, for every elected Republican in this country needs to realize the Dems just want to destroy our party and our country with this kind of legislation. They want to make us completely dependent on China. They want to make us completely dependent to the point that our president has to go begging for oil around the world. This is who the Democratic Party is now. Wake up. Always vote no on every single thing that they put forward. It's got to happen. And, 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 and we need the majorities back to make sure that like we can push back and start moving the ball. And I'd like to see some genuinely radical things done. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, we're now in a point where, hope, God willing, we win back both majorities in the House and Senate in 2022. That's basically the speed break for the Biden administration. It means none of this shit can ever make it to the floor. Great. I'll take it. But whoever's running for president in 2024, and I, God hope we win in 2025. If you're in January 2025 and you find yourself in the White House and like, what's our agenda going to be? Don't look at like a two percent tax decrease. No, go hard in the paint. Don't look you at do don't it. look at the like little sort of at the margins education reforms and like some little energy things that make people feel good. Fuck all that. Like we are now, we've been demonstrated in Technicolor what these people are willing to do with fifty votes in the United States Senate. I'm saying like throw a flat tax on that and see what happens, right? <laughs> let's really frighten the shit out of these people if we're going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? National get, concealed carry reciprocity. Get like a, yeah, right. National school choice. Let's do it. Flat tax would be wonderful because then you're looking at the 300,000 IRS employees and you're like, hmm, guess we, here's another place we can cut. I can, <laughs> yeah. And I can find Looks something. Looks like you folks need a new job. Hey, why not get a green job? <laughs> Hey, fellas, mount that horse and grab the whip. You're headed to the border. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Is like, let's get Dark DeSantis, who's just completely jokerified after like all these years of being attacked. We're like, you hear these things that he's because like he's putting he he's putting everything that conservatives want into action, which is why like so much of the base has been like, damn, this guy is really something else because he he doesn't just talk the talk. He's he, he walks the walk, right? Totally. So like when he's like, this prosecutor is not following the law, is not prosecuting. They're gone, right? <laughs> it's not like let's put forth a bill about yeah, this. He's like, we'll have a commission. You're, you're out. So yeah. we get like Dark DeSantis in 2025, <laughs> who's just like all the money follows the child. Schools don't get the money; it follows the child. Like we gotta really go big, yeah, swing for the big, fences. I gotta tell you though, Mickey Mouse is gonna start on the wall around the Magic <laughs> yeah, Kingdom if that guy thing. gets in there, right? I mean, there is there is nobody he's demonstrated what he's willing does to not do more than those. Does not back down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I. The bottom line is the House still has to go through a process. It'll be very brief, right? Because Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to talk about this at all. But again, nobody's talking about whether or not these Democrats are going to vote for it. Of course, they're going to vote for yeah. it, right? So if you find yourself in a swing district and you're like, oh, yeah, this person, they seem, you know, they seem like they do some good for the community. I have a relationship with them. I see them at the coffee shop. Bullshit. They're a socialist. They're no different than AOC. They're doing the same thing 
that anybody in the party they've just that's what they do that's the thing is 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 georgia your senators just voted for the like craziest left-wing bill record amount of spending yeah hold them accountable you know i'm i'm curious because you said aoc um you know when she got into congress in 2018 you know she said like you know we have 10 years till the world ends yeah did we hit that climate change well i'm just curious like with this bill passing like how much time do we buy yeah, like oh, yeah. I, I need that's, you to. I need you to. Great question. I need there's you no measure of that. There, I need, I need to there's no CBO score <laughs> apocalypse averted for this many years. We're like Al Gore said, we should all be dead by now, right? Like right. all the polar bears should be like drowning. We're well past. Like ten years ago, we're all supposed to be dead. They just keep moving the goalposts, and journos happily go along with it. Where they're like, yeah, makes sense. If you give China a lot of money, we're saved. <laughs> well, dude, to, to, to your point on the journos, do you remember before Manchin signed off on the Green New Deal part of this, that they were just talking about the taxes, and it was framed entirely around saving Medicare? <laughs> Do you remember this? They're like, we got to find some talkers on this pile of shit. Folks. They're like, oh, we got a new bill. It's It'll save Medicare. And everybody was writing it. And they all wrote Sweeping it. Sweeping bill to save Medicare. To save Medicare. And then all of a sudden he signs off on the green. It was like, nope. What Sweeping a, what bill Sweeping to save bill? the climate. <laughs> it is like, what happened to Medicare? What happened, what, happened, what happened to Medicare? Second fiddle, buddy. I, I thought they fixed it the last time they had a Dem president who also had the House and the Senate. They oh, fix it every weird. time. Yeah. They fix every it every time. time. Yeah, it's always fixed. Um, yeah. All right, so let's move off that for a minute. We've got a, uh, this one caught your eye. Uh, and McDaniel at the study finds thing. Uh, this, is, this guy must surf the shit out of this website. Uh, a- average young adult takes a car into the shop after the eighth warning light. Smug your thoughts. What happened to you people? Like, who hurt you? Like, I remember when I when I when I first I had I drove around this like old beat up manual Civic, right? That was that was my ride, and I was taught here's how you change the tire, here's how you change the oil. Yeah, like if you can show any responsibility with this car that like really has no business. I mean, <laughs> shouldn't it's not road. I mean, but really. it's, a, it's a Honda Civic. You can ride that thing into the ground, but but like. I cannot imagine a universe in which I've got all these warning lights and I'm like, maybe I should keep riding around. This thing's going to detonate. Sounds like a great idea. Like, what is wrong with Gen Z to be like, this is totally normal, guys? They're so they're so disconnected from real life. Think about the amount of time that these guys spend on build outs for their guns on, you know, some video game. Think about the amount of time these <laughs> oh. guys spend on Minecraft. New skins for Fortnite. Exactly. I, I like how Boomer Dad rolled up and he was like, "These kids are on Minecraft." But they just they just don't understand real world consequences because all they care about seven are or eight like warning lights. At that point, it's like like detonation imminent. It's like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> like how how do you look at your dash and see that and you're like, yeah, no. I got this. I'm going to go 70 on the highway. They're like, <laughs> brakes aren't working. I need oil. Everything is wrong. I'm just going to continue driving this. It's, it's six in 10. So the majority are like, <laughs> eighth warning light. Yeah. Eight. Like, well, you know, seven didn't stop me. Why should I care about eight? No, is it eight of the same warning light popping up or is it? It doesn't eight, really specify. You know? That. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. I have to imagine if eight different warning lights are popping up, you're taking it in. Well, the eighth seems to be what pulled the trigger on this. But I'm saying, is it the eighth time it says you to, says to check your oil, or is it check your oil? You know, eight, engine eight. malfunction, like headlights out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is it, is it eight 
different lights or is it eight times the same light? I think there's a difference there. Also, I think maybe, you know, this is a, a younger population. Maybe, you know, they're moved to the big city and they don't drive that often. Maybe that's an excuse. What, so this is interesting. I, so apparently this was... This, makes me sick. It does. For these people, food comes from the store. <laughs> Other things come in packages. Cars go when you turn the key or press the button. <laughs> so, so, well, this is interesting. Okay, so it says here the study was done on behalf of Kelly Blue Book Service. It says, uh, you know, in, in the study, six in ten now regret buying a car before inflation began in 2021. Yeah, they're getting they're getting smacked by inflation under Joe Biden. The loss of purchasing power, along with rising gas prices, have led 42 percent to seek a better paying job or side gig to help pay for vehicle upkeep. Jeez. Mm. So number one, they're getting crushed by this economy. But number two, man, again, you don't need to like this is, in my opinion, a problem with like modern cars. Like whenever I rent a car now, like I've got my car, which is a normal <laughs> gas powered car. Which is like, if something's wrong, it's like, okay, there's five things that could have probably gone wrong. <laughs> now it's like there's computers on computers on computers. Oh, yeah. Right? I don't even know how to connect my damn phone so I can listen to music in these goddamn new no, cars, you need right? A, you need a full tutorial, yeah. So I can understand how you need a side gig to pay for the computer programmer who works at the car <laughs> dealership to figure out what's wrong with your damn car. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, I think it, it goes to a larger critique I have of people just not taking responsibility for shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, come on, man. This it's, is this is such car. a boomer segment. I know. <laughs> you know, we got to get rid of the computers. I can't listen to music in the car. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the lar- largest cohort of ruth- ruthless listeners is like 18 to 30. <laughs> oh, I know. And we're offending all of them. Yeah. Well, get your shit together. <laughs> we wouldn't have to do this if you took your fucking car in. You know, and then you uh, clean your room. Yeah. This is now the Jordan Peterson podcast. Clean your room. <laughs> there's room in society, and there's a need in society for older brothers. That's right. Somebody has to tell the younger ones what to do. Some, there just needs to be some men in, in your life. Um, okay, so this story is unbelievable, and it wasn't until McDaniel flagged it that I knew it existed. Mm-hmm. It was a an NPR story, which I guess occasionally does journalism, because this is unbelievable. Yeah. The U.S. made a breakthrough battery discovery and then gave the technology to China. What? Yeah. Yeah. The batteries are about the size of a refrigerator, uh, held enough energy to power house, and could be used for decades. The engineers pictured people plunking them down next to the air conditioner, attaching solar panels next to them, and everyone living in uh, happily ever after off the grid. But that's not what happened. Instead, the batteries becoming the next great American success, success story, the warehouse is now shuttered and empty. All the employees who worked there were laid off. And more than 5,200 miles away, a Chinese company is hard at work making the batteries in Dalian, China. What? That's This is, this is what they, the bill wants to like turn into overdrive. How this did, is how what did it this is. happen? Is this a company that was overtaxed? I'll explain. I'll explain. The Chinese company didn't steal the technology. Hmm. It was given to them by the U.S. Department of Energy. What? what? That's right. First in 2017 as a part of a sub-license, and later in 2021 as a part of a license transfer. Wait, our government gives up intellectual property to China. It belonged to somebody, and they just gave it to them? Yeah, here it is. An investigation by NPR and the Northwest News Network found that the federal agency allowed technology and jobs to move overseas, violating its own licensing rules, while failing to intervene on behalf of U.S. workers in multiple instances. 
The Department of Energy officials declined NPR's request for an interview to explain how the technology that cost taxpayers millions of dollars ended up in China. Wow. Can you believe this? This is a very important story. Yeah, so after NPR sent uh, department officials written questions outlining a timeline of events, the federal agency terminated the license with the Chinese company, Dalian, whatever. And I'm sure that the Chinese are yeah. like, oh, well, yeah. I guess oh, we got to fold up shop. Yeah, can't, can't, do it, can't do it anymore. We respect intellectual property rights in this country, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so this place, Forever Energy, was in Bellevue, Washington, um, is one of several U.S. companies that have been trying to get a license for the Department of Energy to make the batteries. Uh, Forever Energy's uh, financial chief financial officer have been trying to get a hold of a license for more than a year. This technology made from taxpayer dollars. Uh, it was invented in a national lab, and it's now in China. It's held in China. To say that's frustrating is an understatement. This I mean, is this the is scandal of the decade. Like you I think so. I mean. Think about this bill they just passed. And they're like, oh, we got to tax natural gas. We got to tax oil. We got to tax coal, you know, to remake this green economy. Meanwhile, you got your own energy department giving away technology to China. That's fucking outrageous. It was funded by taxpayer dollars. Like, how is there not investigations going on right now in the United States Congress? That is insane. That's an insane thing. And you know what's even crazier about it? This happened in 2017 under under the Trump administration. Well, Well, the the, administration part did. Yeah, the administrative state in this country, number one. Right. As we have seen, is so far left-leaning and out of control and just like, absolutely operating within themselves like, right like it like you said that they they broke the law we're not going to see any of them in handcuffs that just doesn't happen like 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 we've heard that the fbi broke laws oh they're not going in handcuffs right no people goes. you say deep state and people act like you're a conspiracy right. theorist exactly and then you right. see news news like this and you're like you just gave away technology of the future to our number one adversary in the world you're a fucking traitor that's like, right you're a traitor and you work for the government that uh, what do you want to bet that the honest to God answer to this is, you know, why did you sublicense to China first of all in 2017? I guarantee you that the answer to that is because you can't get the materials in the United States. I guarantee you that. And then the second, why did you transfer the whole thing? Because we couldn't explain it anymore. This is literally and even national, said that in the article. This, this is national security. Energy security is national exactly. security. Well, well, these for for these administrative libs like that work in all these like X Y Z government agencies. First off, they are left-leaning as all hell. I'm guessing their plan is that, like, okay, when she arrives and puts me in a pen, I want to know that, you know, the gulag is powered by clean energy. (laughs) There's a battery next to the gate. (laughs) Well, fundamentally, the problem is that there is no accountability for the executive branch. There's no accountability for the agencies. When you vote for a president, it's the closest you get to being able to have an impact on who is employed in these gigantic government offices. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that could change, I know Congress has oversight authority on these gigantic administrative offices. One of the things that should change in the next administration, we're talking about big changes, is a focus on cultural change and structural change yep. within the executive branch. Yeah. If voters voters in this country, I mean, newsflash to, to Washington, voters in this country are actually in charge. Yeah. And if voters are in charge, we should act like it. Bingo. And they should have a say on stuff like this. Bingo. I can I literally cannot believe this story. No, I can't. It is it is mind-boggling that this is something that's even possible. I lost my mind a couple of months ago when I found out that the Biden administration was selling oil to China. Yeah. I mean our, our, our emergency reserve. Yeah. The oil from our emergency reserve. Here you go, China. 
I mean, a nice topper for your batteries in case you don't want to use the batteries. That was at least, at least we got paid for it. Here, they just gave the shit away. We funded it to multiple millions of dollars. They literally took the technology and the jobs and they shipped them to China. Well, they had to pay for it because like, it was connected with a company that Hunter Biden has. An there you in. go. <laughs> you got to get that 10% to the big guy. You got to get, get a little cut, a little something for the action. The current oversight. Hopefully, he sent him a couple of selfies in return. <laughs> Current oversight structure is not working. No? The administration no. is not working. No. That'd be nice punishment, though, for anybody who makes a decision like that. You get a Hunter Biden selfie in your... <laughs> self, uh, here you go. Crank shot. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> uh, all right. You guys want to hear... Hold on. We got one more thing, because we didn't do this last week. Uh, it's a study from Penas. <laughs> Highly uh, respected. We have, we have previously covered a study from uh pnas we cover everything pnas does <laughs> it's very important I mean, work i'm actually glad we're talking about this because this, this rest of the news has been pretty depressing yeah no but, but pnas has good good news for us yes according to pnas uh covid19 infection induces higher trust among strangers uh, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic went uh, global in a few months, caused millions of deaths, and is destroying the livelihoods of countless of people. This is according to, to PNAS. Uh, this paper tries to discover whether or not the pandemic is destroying our social fabric, too. Most research has found that natural catastrophes result in increased trust and cooperativeness. Uh, but so they do this thing on COVID, and they find out, uh, it turns out people trust each other a little bit more uh, after COVID. Now, that runs contrary to everything I've come to, to feel about the pandemic. Fellas? Do you think maybe getting exposed to uh, COVID, it, it makes you ready to like rejoin society, sort of? Maybe. Like psychologically. Like that people sort of put walls up, you know, at the beginning of COVID. And so like breaking through that barrier requires like you to test positive and be like, Hey, look, it's all right. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's what my whole feeling about the pandemic is that it, it made everyone so insular in terms of their own feedback circles (laughs) that like they, they they couldn't identify with anybody else. You can tell who followed the letter of the law and didn't hang out with any friends or anything. (laughs) Based on people really, they got out there. They started getting some left wing ideas. <laughs> no, it's true. They're like, no, I, I'm sitting alone in my house. My two cats. I put masks on them too. They read Jennifer Rubin. <laughs> they read Jennifer Rubin like four times. I mean, no, it's true. But apparently, Penis tells us that we're all uh, more trustworthy than we thought we were before. How about that, huh? Well, that defies all expectation. It really does. But it's, it's according to Penis, so we have to talk about it. But, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons why the variety program might be so successful is that people trust Smug. So, so this Smug? is the funny thing. This is, this is the angle that McDaniel wanted to take, is that, like, now that Smug's had COVID four times, does he trust more people? I trust him less. I've never trusted people <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> and, like, seeing what happens when we put any trust, especially in our government, like, over COVID, where, number one, it's now become apparent, like, even, like, mainstream media publications will put out articles about, like, how harmful it was to shut down schools. Oh, yeah, New York Times just put up this story just completely gaslighting everybody about how, oh, we should never shut down schools again. That was horrible. Yeah. It's like, where the <laughs> fuck were you? Where the fuck were you? And then a week ago when California's like, we're considering shutting down again, folks. It's like, I don't trust any of these people. I trust nobody. And, and, and I got COVID because I didn't follow the rules, man. <laughs> 
What's that? Are you are you are you looking down the next variant? It's got to be coming <laughs> soon. Be, yeah. Huh? I mean, like I, I'm sure at this point, my body has processed like so many variants that like you know, knock on wood. I don't know how science works. I don't trust the experts. But, <laughs> but like by the time the next one rolls around, my body will be like, oh, we've seen this one. Well, I, this I, is a rerun. <laughs> I kind of feel like if you're constantly getting it, yeah. you can't really get it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they'll reach a point where my body's like, oh, you know. All the other COVIDs in there are like, welcome to the party, buddy. You know, like, grab a seat. (laughs) (laughs) Huge craving for bat soup. Uh, All right, let's get to Kurt Schlichter. This is a great interview. You're going to laugh. I want to welcome to the program one of the more entertaining people you'll hear. Uh, This guy's been around for a while. He's got great stuff. You'll recognize his his byline from Town Hall. He's got a new book out. It's entitled, We'll Be Back, The Rise and Fall of America. Kurt Schlichter, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get the book out of the way first because I don't want to talk about it anymore. You should go buy it. It's not a Batan death march of uh, bowtie virgin conservative bullshit. Uh, it's actually entertaining, interesting, because I write like the stand-up comedy and trial lawyer I was in a Every line, set up, punch, or tag. Okay? Yep. No filler. It's all meat. It's, uh, it's like uh, uh, the Clash's London Calling. Okay. Not only is every cut good, there's a hidden cut that's freaking incredible. <laughs> and you only get that if you buy it and read it. You're not going to preview that stuff for everybody. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, no. No, no, no. That's for the in crowd, the guys that give me money. Um, and it's not one of those Washington books where you put it where everyone could see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you put the names yeah. in the back so everybody can read through and find out when, when it is that they were mentioned no by index. you. No, no index. You're going to have to look through and see if your shit's in there. <laughs> and uh, I got to tell you, if you were uh, one of those uh, uh, pool boy wife swapping bore pestilences, uh, your shit's in there. Because those guys are they're just bad people. Pool, and, uh, pool boy. I like to point out their lifestyle. <laughs> Well, hold on. So Marco Rubio it up if it's okay. No, you did. You can go ahead and keep yourself hydrated, Kurt. We don't want any. We Thank don't you. want any problems. Gonna, here. I'm going to fill my office with foam in a little while, so we'll have that going for us. It'll be nice. Just keep your clothes on. We'll be fine with that. Uh, so let, let's just said no rules, but okay. okay. I'm a lawyer. I'm used to people lying to me. Just one rule. Just one rule. Uh, I want to. So let's talk about the book for a minute. Um, okay. You're you're a prolific writer. Right. I mean, you, you, your byline is every one of the things that I love about your writing is you're obviously conservative. You obviously have have well-defined points of view. You don't entertain insanity, which I love. And and yet you've got this like very relatable approach in all of your all of your writings. And so now now you're selling a book. What, what made you get to the point where you're like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to put all this stuff together and write something big. Well, look, I, I mean, this is my 10th book. Yeah, no, I know, right? I know. I'm, but- like, I'm like, I'm like writing monkey pox. You, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm um, And uh, I mean, my books aren't full of pus, but you, you understand. Sure. Well, look, I, to, to understand who Kurt is, the many facets of the diamond that is me, you've got to understand that my family came from uh, Pennsylvania, Chambersburg, right near Gettysburg, burned down by Confederates. My earliest memories are of Chambersburg. Uh, and uh, Cincinnati, where my dad literally worked for Procter & Gamble doing patents on coffee. Uh, I lived in Kansas City for a little while. And then by six, I was in Golden, California. I was, I'm was i a suburban California kid. I'm actually baffled. I'm like backstage at CPAC. And I'm like talking to guys who are going to be in the Senate as peers. 
And I'm like, what the foo am I doing here? And then I realized, wait a minute, this is kind of what America's supposed to be, right? Right. Nobody's better than me. I'm just doing my thing. But but I've been doing it. And my background, of course, I was a military guy, 27 years. One of my jobs, talking to uh, you know young soldiers and getting them to do stuff. And you know, a lot of people have the idea that you get around and shout orders at people like uh, Captain Bly. Well, Captain Bly got put in a little tiny boat off at Karen Island and sent out in the middle of the sea. That is not how you work with dudes. Okay, I wanted my dudes if I got capped to like run out and drag my fat ass in. Um, I'm also a trial lawyer. I got to talk to 12 people who really want to do good and they're all naive and they didn't choose to get out of jury duty by coming, you know, dressed as their famous Star Trek character or something. Yeah, they're the uh, ones that figured it, didn't figure out how to get it. Either didn't figure out how to get out of it or they actually wanted to be in it, which is maybe worse. What, you know, I, look, I'm about as cynical as they come, but if you want to get like a tear in your eye, you just listen to these normal people go, well, you know, I, I don't want to be here because I have a lot of things to do, but I think it's important because... I'm an American citizen and we got to do this. And you're like, wow, <laughs> irony detector, nothing. <laughs> and and, um, uh, and again, I was a stand-up comic. So, I mean, all of these are, you know, make me a very, very needy person. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, uh, uh, my, the other thing is I, I, I'm kind of in rebellion against the uh, cruise ship conservative guys. The guys who write like they think they're smart. Yes. And if they were smart, they'd be me. I'm married to a model. Their wife's out, out me up, you know, uh, in the cabana with a pool boy uh, drinking his uh, Zima. You um, got. You must have caught eyes with a pool boy on the way in today. They're really taking a bath here. Well, look, the pool boy's got to do what the pool boy's got to do. Uh, the real problem is the uh, – I, I, I just – just despise these guys. Uh, you know, it's the, the, one of the problems I see in today is we have an epidemic of unaccomplished people with absolutely unsupported self-regard. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. I mean, I mean, but, I mean look at Dick Cheney, the aptly named guy, right? He does this ad for his, uh, the, 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 the worn slipper that is his daughter. And, he gets out there and he's talking to us. I'm going, what the fuck have you ever actually done? I know the bad things you've done. What's the what's the transcendent accomplishment you or your progeny have achieved? What's the what's the big what's the check in the W column? And there isn't any. You have all these people who are unaccount unaccountably smug in, in the wrong way, and. I just, I, I, and then no one ever calls him on. Somebody go, you know, Dick, Dick, um, what have you ever done? There wasn't a giant fuck up that got a lot of other people killed. I, I know, but I'm not going to look for your military record because, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's right there with Jim Swift's notches on the bedpost. It's just not, <laughs> oh, um, it, 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 I mean, what is the what is Liz Cheney done? You know, besides being the congresswoman from Virginia, because um, she's literally from Virginia. I, I just want to know why these people are freaking looking down on me. 
We're not actually done shit. Well, and, uh, but not only th- not only this, yeah, I right? Done damage. I mean, at least that. <laughs> but but like, if you look at, I think this is kind of what you're getting at, right? It's it's like the quote unquote conservative in corporate media today, yes. right? It's like yeah. it, it, the person who is writing at the Washington Post or the CNN panelist or, you know, now at The View. I mean, all of these these people at some point, I think what you're getting at, what what have you done to get to a point where you can tell me how the world works? I know, right. Oh, hey, let's have a Lisa Farrow weigh in. Maybe she can tell me a little about Ukraine. I mean, I was only actually there four times training soldiers and I actually served behind what was the Iron Curtain for 16 months. Uh, with Ukrainian soldiers. But I'd like to hear what the fuck she has to say. Because <laughs> I'm sure it's freaking insightful. It's all, But it's always the parroting of the narrative, too, right? I mean, yeah. it would be different if just one, just one, like Max Boot or like the Jennifer yeah, Rubin. Boot. You know what I mean? Like, it, it'd be nice if just I'd one... I'd hear from his fucking fedora. <laughs> just one of these people gave us something to think about. But it's nothing other oh, exactly. than... This just sort of liberal, progressive, coastal mindset that's like this this interwoven bunch of bullshit that they all think the same way. This bizarre conventional wisdom. Right. And it's like, do you have a single friend? Well, I could end the sentence right there, but let's assume they do. Let's assume facts, not an evidence. Do you have a single friend who doesn't think exactly like you? Right, right. And, you know, after we got past the whole friend obstacle answer would be no (laughs) well it's the feedback loop that's gotten so damn bad right i mean i don't know can you imagine in any scenario where you're looking at a recession record inflation gas prices open border all this shit and then like you come to congress and you're like you know what we got to add eighty-seven thousand irs agents that is the solution to to get those billionaires of which there are one (laughs) thousand Right. So you got 87 okay, we're really gonna, per man. We're really, we're, really, we're really stacking the deck here. It's going to be 87 to 1. <laughs> yeah, because no billionaire ever gets freaking audited every single year. Right. And it turns out they have people for that kind of thing. It's the rest you of us gonna, that are the problem, right? Well, I, mean, I mean, how do you... I'm thinking about it. As my, my pal Hugh Hewitt says, uh, the, uh, the IRA or IRS Expansion Act, I mean, really, how how do they go home and sell that? Guys, you're going to be excited. I know you're paying $15 a ground for ground beef. Uh, It costs you an arm, a leg, and another leg to fill up your, uh, uh, you know, uh, Dodge Town Country or Chrysler Down and Country. Um, But you'll be happy to know we added 87,000 officials to pester you. You know, you remember that whole uh, uh, Declaration of Independence thing? It's a callback. <laughs> I don't know, but that's the kind of it's the kind of insular thinking that gets you these idiots to begin with, right? I mean, the it, it, obviously the only answer here in the short term is to try to beat them. That's easier said than done because of all of the institutional obligations that we have with the media and our education system and our yeah. Hollywood that's and hard. everything else, right? But but so what's your state? What's your your take on the state of the Republican Party? The Republican Party is in transition. I mean, people are always going, oh my gosh, we've got Mick Romney, you know, 180 pounds of miracle within a $5,000 suit. And uh, this fucking guy. But here's the thing, man. You know, Cornyn, who wants his time in the sun, right? 
He thinks this is a great. He's he's going to show up. He's going to go to He's going to make a gun control compromise in Washington. And I'm trying to think what is the name of a single Republican senator who was sent to Washington to vote for a gun control bill? But no, he 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 wants the positive feedback in the Washington Post for about a day. Um, he gets 15 total, right? And I can just see McConnell sitting there going, oh, I cannot believe I have to support this dildo. Um, media Matters, Kurt Schlichter calls John Cornyn a dildo. No, yeah, I didn't. Dildos give pleasure. Um, the, 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 10 years ago, we've been 30. It would have been 30 of these guys. So slowly but surely, I mean, we are getting guys who are, um, well, they're based and they know what time it is. Now, some people will say, they're not the best candidate. Blake Masters, woo! But Blake Masters, if he gets in, and I think he's likely to, I got a town hall column about that. Uh, I don't believe the sudden, oh, Republicans are in danger of the Senate. Yeah, yeah, $6 gas, we're in freaking big trouble. Um, but, uh, I mean, we got a lot of guys who don't know anything to the establishment. There are already a few in there, and they just raise hell, you know, Holly and uh, Cruz and <laughs> Rand Paul. But there's going to be a lot of them. You think, you think when uh, McConnell goes, well, J.D., I need you to get on board, you think J.D. Vance is going to go, oh, great, I'll pay you back for all the hell you gave me in Ohio. <laughs> so wait, so wait, but, but here's it. Because I, I want to ask you about the nuance in here, too, because I, I feel like you're one of the, the the few people on earth that understands the difference between it's not just sort of establishment versus, you know, right. grassroots. Right. And, and there, there are gradations to that. And there's also there this is. like pervasive issue that we've dealt with in recent years where you've got people who, you know, you may not agree with all the time, yep. but they're serious people and they do serious legislating mm-hmm. and they, they understand why they're there. And then you've got this whole crew that's like, they basically ran for Congress or the Senate so to be to be Kurt Schlichter. <laughs> right? Am I right? Um, I, I, you know, people keep going, are you ever going to run for office? And besides not wanting to take the cut in either pay or prestige, <laughs> um, that's not where a guy like me, we need a couple of them in Congress, but we don't need a whole Congress full of Kurtz. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I think the guy who really... Uh, epitomizes the nuance is is McConnell. And, you know, I'm as hardcore as they come. I'm as, I throw as many bombs as anyone else. But this guy is owed a debt for holding out with Merrick Garland. This guy has stones of freaking steel. That was, it was, having lived through that, that was not an easy period. No, it, it was not. And the guy held out. He drives me crazy about a lot of things. Of course, I'm not from Kentucky, so I don't think you should give a fuck what I say. <laughs> um, but he, it, I mean, a lot of conservatives really dislike it. But you tell me, what is the, here's the question I have. That's great. You know, I'm just like a lot of people. I'm a very unpleasant person. <laughs> what is the name of the guy who can consistently keep Susan Collins, a coalition from Susan Collins, all the way to Josh Hawley on board and unite. You tell me his name, who can bring Murkowski and Cruz together consistently to frustrate Schumer. What is his name? And then we can talk about replacing. Yeah. Yeah. And I never get a name. I'm like, well, you know, magical thinking, which cast, blah, blah, blah. No, I need a name. If you don't have a name, you're not serious. So I'm going to sit here and seed when he does things I don't like. 
Yeah. But I'm also going to be very grateful he's there because there's no one better, and maybe no one better in the history of the Senate. I mean, he's really good at what he does, even though he doesn't do exactly what I would do. But then again, I couldn't do what he does. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Because at, at some level, I feel like what you do with conservatives that I think many people in, in your sort of line of work, although nobody's in your perfect lane, Kurt, <laughs> but, but sort of in this, in, <laughs> but what you do is you actually measure things against results, right? Which is, I, I think that brings well, us. a result of my job. I'm, I'm a trial lawyer. You either get in the W or the L column. And that's it. Uh, an army guy, you either win or you lose. You win or I, you win or you lose. I'd rather win. Yeah. No, I, you I, I have to win dirty. So, so I think that's the challenge. So if you look at the candidates, you mentioned like a Blake Masters or J.D. Vance or, you know, we've got a, a bunch of house folks that sort of fit into that category too. Yeah. So do you think that this is a new governing, governing Republican conservative coalition that can turn the tables on all the shit that we've seen here in the last six months out of Democrats and in, you know, the next two years, put an end to that. And then in 2025, God willing, we have a Republican president can do some serious stuff. Well, look, the next two years, first of all, we're, we're having teething pains on a, uh, a you know, a, a morphing Republican Party. The Republican Party today is very different than it was 10 years ago when I was, you know, with the Tea Party guys. Mm-hmm. The, the Tea Party had its effect. Uh, it's never go- It's never going back to a place where Bill Crystal will be welcome. Right. You know, Liz Cheney is going to get about 0.5% of the uh, uh, Republican vote in every primary but Washington, D.C., <laughs> in which case she'll get 104. Um, the, but we have teething pains. They're, they're, look, I want some bomb throwers because I want to pull us right. Yeah. I want some uh, workhorses because I want to get some work done. Yeah. Um, you know, I really like Eric Schmidt in uh, Missouri. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's great. Yeah, he's yeah. I've, I've got I've had a chance to meet him personally. I like him personally. He's not a skip. but I don't care. Look, I don't care about politicians. They are fungible to me. My favorite law school word, fungible. Uh, and I'm totally unsentimental about them. Uh, but he's great because of what he's done as a attorney general, pioneering some of the legal uh, lawfare stuff. Uh, uh, some of it's really good. He can think, and yeah, he's, he's thinking through stuff, right? I mean, this yeah, isn't he's thinking simple. through stuff, right? But I mean, he's not out there like me, you know, talking about somebody's mom on Twitter. Um, <laughs> well, there's a space for that too, Kurt. There is. Look, I have a definite <laughs> space. I want to be uh, the guy uh, in red with a pitchfork on his right shoulder whispering in his ear while, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe someone from a uh, uh, national reviews on the other shoulder, you know, whispering kind of a high pitched voice uh, on the other side. And it, well, I, I don't pretend that I'm absolutely right about everything, but I do. Uh, I do want people pulled in my direction. Uh, I want the I, look. I want to open the Overton window a little bit, and there's some people I want to throw the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if anything is is opened our eyes to that, it's the last few years, right? Yes. I mean, and and one of the theories I have on this, I'm interested in your your thoughts. But one of the things that Trump unmasked within the Republican Party is people who got involved in politics basically either for just vanity purposes yes. or 
they they just wanted to to be seen as involved in the process or they, they got addicted to west wing as a kid or you know i mean what whatever it is but those people didn't actually believe in anything because all of the candidates that they were working for believed the same things and said very similar things to what trump was doing in terms of policy right but now now they're all talking about roe v wade and they're talking about you know the evil republicans and and this that and the other it's very clear if you can go from seminal different issues the other side of like 50 50 split issues that tells me more about you than it ever did about what you're commenting on yeah uh that right now this is one of those periods in history where you can't just sit back and enjoy yourself yeah uh, because the other side's not sitting back and enjoying themselves. You gotta know what time it is. You've got to be based. You gotta be conservative woke. You need to understand that there's a real struggle here. It's in 1975 where you, you elect some uh, Democrats and there'll be slightly higher taxes, but we're still gonna fight the Soviet Union. And they still think that uh, boys had penises. Um, <laughs> this is something completely different. And it got out of control uh, in, in large part uh, because the Republicans didn't do what they promised. You remember in like the 2000s, uh, you would constantly get, here's some outrage on a college campus. Yeah. Sign up for our cruise. But they never did anything. Yeah. And now we're seeing, they, they, I, I think it took, and this is one of the under uh, underrated qualities of Donald Trump. It's a real estate developer. It's a very black and white binary thing. You, you're building either stands up and works or it falls down you if it isn't right your uh your tenant does not take it so if you're walking through with a punch list and there's a lot of things wrong oh well you know we we didn't get to a lot of stuff so it's gonna be six more months before you can start getting your money and every day is paying interest so it, it, it he is a result he was a results oriented guy in a way these other dudes weren't they're not results guys you know, college professors aren't results guys. To allow it, in some ways, non-litigator lawyers are not results guys. Mm. Uh, Trump was the results guy, and suddenly you had this whole class of politician who was being held accountable by Trump. Uh, the other thing is he saw all these great issues that the base really cared about just lying around, and the other 16 guys weren't on it. You know, you had Jeb, exclamation point, uh, the human puffball out there going, well, I heard it's important that we have a uh, empowerment America, by which I mean more ca- more corporate tax breaks. Well, look, I don't like corporate tax breaks. I'm not against them, but that's not my big issue. You know what my big issue is? Not getting shot walking across the street to the supermarket and not going bankrupt when I walk through the meat section. Yeah, it seems like there's a big chasm between those <laughs> issues. Yeah. and it's like these guys are... All the Republicans are talking, you know, they, they, they talk a good game, but they never talk about what we want to talk about. So Trump's out there going, well, I think illegal aliens are bad. Yeah. And, and, and they're like, what, but, but, what, what, act of love? Well, Jeb learned about an act of love. <laughs> he, got, he got act of love pretty damn good. Um, and it couldn't happen to a fatter guy. Um, but uh, he's, it, it's he's just, on fire. I just hate this guy. The whole fucking book. Don't get me started on George Bush. Okay, I'm going to get started on George Bush. Here's the other thing, God. The the whole premise of the Republican establishment as being these classy gentlemen was all bullshit. Okay, for eight years, I had that little twerp's back. When they're talking about a shifty war record, 
his, uh, you know, his dumb, uh, poorly planned out wars, all the other stuff. We had, me and everybody else had his back. But he's too much of a gentleman to fight back because I'm not going to, you know, I So uh, Obama comes in. And he's like, well, you know, he's declared war on you guys, but I, you know, I've got, I've got, I go paint pictures of guys I got maimed through my own incompetence, so I'll be able to, you know, and, uh, and then finally Trump gets elected. Suddenly dipshit discovers his voice. Now he's on the side of his new friends, Michelle and Hillary and Bill and Barack. And lo and behold, all those guys who had his back for years, I guess he didn't know it then, but they're a bunch of white nationalist racists. Mm. All because we rejected his fat, stupid brother. Mm. So where's the fucking gentleman there? Where's the class? Mm. Where's the loyalty? He shivved us. He shivved us back to Peyton. Fucking guys. And that that was absolutely... Frickin' hated us. They looked down on us. You know, whenever I go to watch, I go, well, you know, <laughs> you know, the base, they're just crazy. And I'm like, well, you know, when, 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 when your only car gets smashed up by an illegal alien who has no insurance, that's, that's kind of a big deal if you're not making, you know, $200,000 a year writing white papers for Nikki Haley's uh, Liberty Forum for Forums and Liberty and Families and Eagles and Liberty. Okay, it's it's a big deal, and you guys don't fucking care. In fact, you think we're uh, uh, assholes for bringing it up. Fuck you! I'm voting for Trump. They we chose Trump over them. Think about what they think about Trump. Do they think that we were like surprised that Trump was? Mm. I mean, Trump Trump was a freaking wild man. I, I was always a little. I always thought it was a little bizarre that they thought. Well, he just have sex with Playboy models. I thought they they. Thought that was like the killer, uh, you know, the killer app that was going to take it. Tough down. oppo but there. <sighs> but uh, we chose Trump over them, and people may well do that again. Uh, though I think uh, I think there is going to be a vicious primary. I agree with uh, you. It doesn't have to be vicious, but it probably will be because it's going to be well contested. Possible. No question about that. I say, uh, what do you think? I say it's about a hundred percent chance that DeSantis runs. Well, I would think, but I don't know. You know, I mean, if, if look, if, he's got to. If, Otherwise, he's going to be Chris Christie, or at least thirty percent of Chris Christie. That's. I think you've you've put your finger on what I was going to say about that. Well, you, well, you don't miss your you don't miss your moment very often and come back to uh, to recapture it. Rarely have I seen somebody set himself up so well. I, I've seen him speak what seven eight times. Uh, and he just keeps getting better and better. I was at his Sunshine, Sunshine Summit. Uh, he just had the whole place in the palm of his hand. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't this rhetorical fireworks. It was, here's what I've done. Here's what I'm going to do. Nothing presidential, not outside his lane, stayed kind of away from foreign policy. Yeah. Uh, I think he's playing it absolutely right. And I think Trump has got to be terrified because how's Trump hitting? Yeah. How does you're too mean, Ron. You're not experienced enough. Okay, I guess he can go with that. I mean, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, Trump's looking great and sounding great. He's, you know, he, he's not that much younger than President Krusty, but uh, he looks about 100 years younger. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, we got Trump, we got DeSantis. I know Pompeo's thinking about it because right. I mean we're all feeling the Pompeo mania, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, Cotton, 
uh, Cruz, of course. And <laughs> Nikki Haley. <laughs> There's going to be, let's, I think it's going to be a super, super big field, right? I mean, and, and you know, maybe quite a few from. Oh, Liz Cheney. Oh, yeah. Larry Hogan. <laughs> Larry Hogan. The John Fetterman of the Republican Party. <laughs> Listen, Kerr, we got to have you do more of this stuff because I could listen to it for another hour. But I I do have three questions because it's the first time you've been on. So I got three questions uh, that I got to ask you. OK, are these sexy questions? I, well, you can make them whatever you want. They don't start uh, that way. But your mind is a bad place, my friend. You can go anywhere with this. There's so, a lot going on in this. So so let me just ask you the first one. If you could plan your last meal on Earth, what would it be? Uh, it would be a double cheeseburger, probably a lot of mayonnaise and ketchup on it. I'm big on condiments. Oh, condiment, man. I love that. Okay. All right. Though I had Waigu for the first time this weekend. Never had, I don't know why. And uh, it was like meat butter. It was glorious. I actually wrote my town hall column, uh, my VIP column on uh, Waigu. I was, (laughs) I was very impressed. I don't know if I have it all the time, but, uh, you know, I'm glad I went down that road. Nobody can call you an, an elitist, Kurt. That is, there's no question about that. Um, all right. So, second question: If you never got into this line of work, right? Let's just say it's sort of the nexus between you know what you do in opinion journalism and just following politics writ large, and you had blue sky to do anything you wanted in your life, and it can't be like practicing law and all the other things that you do. What What do you think you'd want to fill it with? I don't know. I like what I do. I mean, I, I do what I like. I, 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 I think I probably could have stayed in stand up and done some uh, Hollywood stuff, some writing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I know how to write for other comics, which is kind of weird. That's you know, great. You can be a gay postal worker. You can be a, uh, you know, a young woman. I can write jokes. I know how to write a joke. And, um, well, that's a good answer. I can find voices. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I probably would have done that. I, I would have done something that involves me being in front of a large number of people because I have absolutely no stage fright. In fact, I have this weird idea that everybody should be looking at me all the time, much like Poochie. <laughs> okay. So I want people talking about me when I'm not there. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Okay. All right. So third and final okay, question. That's Poochie reference. That's, that's good. That, that, that's, that's the handshake. By the way, nice Bushwood Country Club app. You like that? Yes. I love that. Uh Trump Trump is the Al Cervic of uh, of the Republican Party. Disgust. That's too easy. Though. It's good. It's good content. Looks good on you. Anyway, what's the third question? So the third question is: Our view is that every successful person is motivated by one of two things primarily: the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. And it's not that anybody enjoys losing or you know, doesn't like winning. You're motivated not to lose. It's what, yeah, it's what motivates you, right? And the thrill of victory person's sort of the, the consummate optimist always charging up the hill, yeah. trying to get to the next thing. The agony defeat person, every accomplishment they've ever had in life laughs about three and a half minutes and every setback they've ever had, they carry like a backpack for the rest of their life, vowing never to repeat it. Where do you find yourself? Oh, ab- absolutely thrill victory guy. I've always been optimistic, maybe even Pollyannish. Uh, I, I don't believe in limits. I, and, and that's one of the things that irritates me about California now, because like these young lawyers, they come with this millstone around their neck of student debt. They're in a place where they couldn't do what they wanted to do. But I'm a Reagan guy, man. Reagan was governor when I was a kid. It never occurred to me, not only that I couldn't do what I wanted to do, but that I was perfectly entitled to do it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm in front of when I was in front of CPAC this weekend, who the fuck am I? I'm just some uh, I'm just some suburban kid from San Mateo, California, who, who grew up there at the same time Greg Gutfeld did, but we didn't know each other. <laughs> different high schools. He went to the rich kids private school. I went to the rich kids public school. That feels right. Uh, oh, I wasn't rich. Um, but uh, no, it never occurred to me that it, it, it doesn't occur to me that I shouldn't be able to do exactly what I want to do. I wanted to write books since I was in fourth grade. So I did, and I sold a shit ton of books, including We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America. <laughs> I, I, I've had a lot of hits with repurposed AM DJs, and they're like, they're like, uh, okay, you're not, uh, you're not spinning records anymore. You're now the conservative guy here in, uh, you know, Henderson, Nevada. And he's like, oh, okay, hey, how about those Democrats? They're pretty Democrats, right? Now a superset of fog hat. We'll have slow ride followed by slow ride. So, <laughs> Welcome back to the broadcast. Oh, yeah. Hey, now. I love it. I love it. Kurt, we could do this all day. Listen, I got to send you on your way, but will you come back and give us a little, I want, I want like, if something really pisses you off in current events, I want to get it unfiltered, completely. Oh, un- angry Kurt. Yeah. I want, I want to say the little thing. Angry Kurt alert. <laughs> we have like a, like a line here that just lights up and you can get on and, and say whatever you want. A Kurt phone. Yeah. It's like, that's perfect. <laughs> You just have like a little colonel's eagle in the sky. Throw on the current light. <laughs> that feels right. That feels right. I am the weirdest 06 in all of American history, by the way. Okay. I'm the strangest cool colonel ever. I think that's but perfectly normal for California, though. Well, everything is a little different out there, Kurt. You're absolutely right. right you know, about why that. should I leave? Everybody tells me I should leave, man. I don't know. It's my fucking home. Why should I leave? Well, if you've dealt with it this long. Obviously, this is my place. I want the palm trees. If you've dealt with it this long. Listen, Kurt Schlichter, author of We'll Be Back, The Rise and Fall of America. Go out and buy it at your local bookstore or wherever you get it online. Kurt, thanks for joining Ruthless today. Thanks for having me, man. So I love this guy, right? I don't always agree, and I don't think he agrees with everything I have to, to say either. I mean, he was like hamming on uh, on John Cornyn, who I think is a great senator. But but his opinions are always hilarious. They're always well informed. He's got like a just a running hilarity take that we don't have in politics. We try to do it on the Ruthless Variety program, but there's just not a lot of people out there like us that do that. He yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and again, he's one of the rare people who is just as funny in person than online, which is a tough thing to do. Totally. Thing to do. And, I, and I like his writing style. You yeah, know, it's, irreverent. It's irreverent, but also like to the point. Like, you know, he, he's very blunt and irreverent at the same time. I like it. Yeah. He also doesn't put up with bullshit. Right. right? <laughs> Gotta love it. Which I really like. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, it's one thing, we've gotten to this weird place in conservatism over the last few years where it's like, you can't actually be conservative unless you subscribe to these bonkers fucking things that everybody knows is complete horseshit. And like he's just like no 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 he hand waves past all that stuff. He's yeah, like you guys are fucking idiots. Here's what matters. Well, I think in the age of the internet, you know, in, in politics, people like him are critical because, like you said, it's like there there's there's a lot of like just being an edge lord on the internet, like taking the most extreme position, and then like you're the cool guy for doing so. You can be a conservative like Kurt and espouse conservative opinions, but also like be like, no, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. And also yeah. dunk on the fake ones like Alyssa Farah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, he just two hand jammed. So good. Jammed. 
And, was, and we call I would say, you know, we called that in the Ruthless Variety program months and months ago that she was auditioning to be this view co-host. 100%. And lo and behold, it turned out true. Well, yeah. it turns out we know what, what a little bit about these people. We do. Schlichter's got ties to Cincinnati. I think that's what makes him so good. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, there, there you go. go. There you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I got to say, plug. with all of that absolute banger of an episode, gentlemen, and thank you so much to our listeners for those five-star reviews. They make a huge difference. Get more folks to start listening and uh, become a part of the program. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.